This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Live, presented by Kaleida Health. Here we are, hour number two on a Friday, and you know, what the, you know what that means. Senior producer from NFL Films, Greg Cosell, also co-host of the ESPN NFL Matchup Show, joining us as he does every week in his weekly segment, presented by Scott Lawnyard, an official commercial site work partner of the Buffalo Bills. Greg, one of your favorite players on Buffalo's roster is a first-team All-Pro, Matt Milano. I saw that. How about that? I saw that. And uh, you know what? Somebody uh, knows what they're doing because I think. Uh, <laughs> and, it's, and it's you and me. That's who it is, Greg. There you go, Steve. There you go. Uh, well, you guys remember, I've been talking about Matt Milano for three, four years. And yeah. I think he is as critical a piece in this defense as any. Um, we know he's a three down player. They, they, look, they play nickel pretty much every snap. So he's always on the field. Uh, I think he's one of the best two way multi-dimensional linebackers in the league and i was really glad to see him get that recognition because as you guys know i think it's really well deserved and as we as we close in on this game um you know the bills hit this on a seven game winning streak the dolphins get in by playing the jets last week to an 11 to 6 win um your thoughts about this skylar thompson you watched him play last week against the jets obviously the jets are a quality defense you knew it was going to be tough on him what does he bring to the table uh, I had to kind of slog through that game, guys. You know, that was uh, was not that was not what I'd call an easy watch. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, obviously, Thompson is is he's a rookie quarterback. He was a low round draft choice. He wasn't viewed as a big time prospect. Truth be told, I did not watch his tape coming out of Kansas State. So watching him in the NFL was really my first exposure to him uh, in, in looking at last week's game in detail. Uh, and then it was obviously a game they had to win, so they're playing to win. Um, I think at this point he struggles to process what he sees, both before the snap and after the snap. Um, just having done this a long time and understanding coverage and, and routes based on, on formations, I think that there were snaps he worked the wrong side of the formation based on the routes versus the coverage. Uh, he's got some mobility. He does not have a particularly strong arm. Um 
I think that he's very unrefined as a progression reader at this point, which I which I would expect. None of this is really a negative. It's just what he is now. <laughs> you know, I mean, the guy is he was not a big a big producer in college, even though he started a lot of games. He was not a big numbers producer. Um, he's a guy that's going to to look to break down and leave the pocket. And you have to be aware of that, you know, because the last thing you want to have happen in a game like this is you get them in third and eight and all of a sudden he leaves the pocket and runs for 12. Um, you know, the other thing that really stood out to me watching the tape against the Jets, who do have a good defense, is pressure looks and late rotation and coverage caused issues for him. He's not ready to work through that process, either pre-snap or post-snap, with, with the clarity that is needed. I did notice, Greg, that, you know, when Thompson's in the game, there's a lot more 12 and 21 personnel yep. uh, than even the Dolphins run in the first place. It's like, oh, I mean, between 12, if you add 12 and 21, it's almost 50% of the snaps when Thompson's in yes. the football game. Well, Maybe it, just explain what they're trying to get accomplished yeah. with those, you know, bigger sets. Well, they they've been a lot like that throughout the year. Right. I mean, even with Tua, they play a lot at a twenty-one because don't forget that's Mike McDaniel's background coming from San Francisco, right? Which plays over forty percent twenty-one with with the fullback use check. So that is what he knows because he's been with Kyle his whole NFL career. So that's what he knows. Um, so you know, I think. The thing is, with the Bills, I don't think it, it gives you exactly what you want the way it does with other teams, Brownie. Because when you line up in your base offense, in terms of personnel, you're expecting and anticipating that the defense will do the same. And therefore, maybe create some predictability to the fronts, to the coverage, to matchups. And since the Bills are a 95%, really 100% for the most part, nickel defense because Teron Johnson is such a good player and can and can play in the box and defend the run. I don't know if you get the, the personnel advantage that you think you're going to get. Not, and when I say think going to get, Mike McDaniel knows this. I'm not telling him anything he doesn't know. I'm just trying to make the point that I don't know if it's as big a factor versus Buffalo as it is against other teams. And I think Taron Johnson, like you mentioned, and also Milano and Edmonds, those yep. three guys, because of their versatility and their athleticism, you can be predictable in your personnel, but do anything creative you want Correct. with your fronts, with your looks, with your coverages, because of the, their – and plus Poyer as, as well and Hyde when he's in there. Yeah. Um, it, it gives you more versatility rather than more predictability. Yes. Um, now – you know, one thing I will say about the Bills, D, is, you know, I would say from a front standpoint, they're not overly multiple. You know, I think at, at their core, they're an over front. And what that means for people is that the three technique defensive tackle um, who and that's the defensive tackle that lines up on the outside shoulder of the offensive guard. Um, he will line up to the strong side of the offensive formation to the tight end side. So they're predominantly an over front. Um, now, obviously, teams change when it comes to be third and long, you know, then the fronts are different. Uh, but I think your point, Steve, is a really good one with, with what Teron Johnson can do, with how they can use Milano, with Edmonds, who's got tremendous length in the middle of the defense. You know, it, it's, it makes it a little more versatile than just a basic, hey, here's how they line up. Last week, Greg, the Patriots did a pretty good job 
of committing to keeping Josh Allen in the pocket. He got out a few times, but not nearly as much as he usually does. It looked like they were making a concerted effort to keep him there rather than let him escape uh, on an off-script play, broken play, run, scramble, etc. Knowing the Dolphins and the difficulty they have in getting consistent pressure, do you think they might take a page out of that book and say – Let's at least eliminate Allen as a runner. Well, you know, all we have is the way they played in the past. You know, um, when they played, uh, that was week 15, I believe. It was not that long ago. That was the game when it was supposed to snow. And I guess it didn't snow until the fourth quarter. Very poetically as the as the Bills won the game. Um, But, uh, you know, they used a spy on Josh quite a bit in that game. Um, and even though the Patriots tried to keep him in the pocket, we saw him get out of the pocket and direct John Brown and throw a touchdown. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a hard thing to do. And the reason I say it's hard is because sometimes, and you guys know this, there's no rhyme or reason why Josh leaves the pocket. I mean, sometimes he can drop back and the pocket is relatively secure and clean and he will just leave because I think that's kind of built into his DNA. Um, you know, and it, and it always comes down to Josh with precision versus instincts. And the last thing you want to do is take away his instincts. So you live with him at times leaving the pocket prematurely. You know, pure pocket quarterbacks obviously don't have that issue because they grew up in the position never having to use their legs. That's not the case with Josh. Um, you know, so it'll be curious to see if the Dolphins again use a spy um, I remember he hit uh, McKenzie for 19 yards on a third down play in that week 15 game um, where they used, uh, I think Bethel was the spy because I don't believe Rowe, Eric Rowe played in that week 15 right. game. They used Bethel as the spy and it was a play that I was, to be honest with you, I looked at it 20 times and I'm still not sure why Josh left the pocket, but he ended up leaving the pocket and throwing to McKenzie for 19 yards. You know, so sometimes he just does that. Um, you know, the thing to me about this doll, this um, offense for the Bills is they're the only offense in the NFL with a third down conversion rate above 50 percent. And third down is the quarterback's down. So, you know, whether he's throwing from the pocket or making something happen outside the pocket, they convert third downs. Right. And when they you're right. And here's the thing, too. We've seen this happen. A lot of these defenses that the Bills face. We saw it all the way back, really, when Josh exploded in 2020. Yeah. Where the reason the Bill, the reason Josh Allen is Josh Allen and, and one of these elite quarterbacks in, in with Mahomes and with Joe Burrow is because even if they call the perfect defense, yep. it turns into a touchdown. It and can. You've yeah, seen I mean, defensive and that's why you live. That's right. Yeah, and I was going to say, Steve, that's why you live with a couple of, you know, that's why I made the point about precision versus instincts. You know, every once in a while, like you look at the interception he threw in the red zone last week. Hopefully he doesn't do that this week because that's the only way, theoretically, the Dolphins can stay in the game. You know, because you don't expect the Dolphins to put up 24, 28 points in this game. You know, to me, on that interception in the red zone, it was an empty set. And to me, the coverage should have told him to work to the trip side, but he worked to the two-man side, which is okay 
But then you have digs wide open right away. So you got to make that throw. So he waited and waited and waited to try to hit Davis in the back of the end zone. And then the pressure gets there. So, you know, that's just who he is. And I'm not saying that's acceptable. You know, you obviously don't want that to happen. But there's there's always going to be a balance with him between precision and instincts. And, you know, obviously you're going to ask him, you know, in the meeting, hey, what'd you see? But, you know, you're not going to say to him, don't do that, because that takes away the great plays that he does make. You know, uh, look, this wasn't a, 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 a an extend the play play, obviously, but the touchdown he threw to Diggs uh, in the uh, Patriots game. I mean, that was a far hash throw, Steve. That yeah. ball was 70 plus yards in the air, right on the money. I mean, how many guys are making that throw in the NFL? Yeah, it was right. pretty stupid. And here's a, so, here's, so say you're the head coach of the Bills. How do you feel about his 12 picks? Uh, I think you talk to him about it. You know, coaches have to coach. I mean, right. you, you know the old expression, you, you either coach it or you let it happen. You have to coach it, but you're not yelling at him. You're basically saying, hey, Josh, what did you see? And you let him explain it. And then you say in that situation, I would assume, I'm not a coach. So, hey, a coach might tell me that you approach it differently. But then I think you would say, hey, we just want to be aware of the situation there. We're in the red zone. It's third down. We have points. You know, just you want to be a little more careful there, you know, which is exactly what you want. You know, that's we know he's thrown a few too many red zone picks this year. Um, picks you have to look at each one as a separate entity. You can't just look at a number on a page, but you know, you, you still have to talk to him about it, Steve. You just don't deal with it as, as, Oh my God, what are you doing? Because if you deal with it that way, you don't want him to start thinking, well, gee, I better not move. I better just stand there and then, you know, just play like a robot because what makes it one of the things that makes him special is his ability to do stuff that other guys can't do. Right. So going back to the week 15 game, Greg, the Dolphins rolled up 188 yards on the ground, yeah, yeah. Um, which was a problem, but it was. they would still throw the ball, I think, because Mike McDaniel knew that if we're going to keep up with them, we can't completely lean on the running game to any great degree because it takes too long to score that way. And if this team is scoring, which they were in that game, the Bills, we got to keep up with them. So yeah. with that in mind, and now knowing you got Thompson as your starting quarterback, I can understand wanting to lean on that run game and see if you can get it to work the same way it did in Week 15. But if the Bills are scoring points, and really Miami has not been able to stop Josh Allen ever, uh, the Bills will stop him more than anybody else. I, I don't know how that can find the Dolphins out on the right end of the scoreboard with Thompson at quarterback. Without crazy things happening that's you know that's why you know josh can't throw picks that's why you can't fumble a punt that's why your backs can't fumble like singletary did last week those things can't happen in this game brownie because if, if the game were just to play out normally without those things even if the bills weren't explosive and didn't put up 35 you would think that the Dolphins, they could still win this game almost like they beat New England on the Thursday night game when they won, what was it, 24-10? Was that the score on Thursday night when they beat New England? Yes. I believe it was. So you would think that they could just win the game that way, you know. But you're right. I mean, look, Mostert had a 67-yard run in that game uh, week 15. More than likely, that's not going to happen again. You don't see many 67-yard runs. But the bottom line is, and you mentioned the run defense, in that game – 
they did run well inside. The Bills' D-line had maybe one of its worst games defending the run this year. They got blocked and moved, and that allowed the O-line to climb effectively to Milano and Edmonds, and they were able to block them. So you definitely have to clean that up in this game. Okay, so assuming the the Bills you know, do clean that up, how desperate and how creative and how exotic do you think Mike McDaniel could get knowing you got to pull out all the stops, especially if the Bills have an answer for that run game? And I think he will do that. You know, I don't know if you saw the first play of the 49ers cards game this past week where uh, they went with a, um, a flea flicker, you know, reverse flea flicker, and they threw a touchdown to A.J. Green. And uh, they went up 7 nothing on the first play of the game. Uh, obviously, the Niners were the much better team, and they came back to win pretty big. But I think you're going to see those kinds of things, Brownie. I mean, obviously, that's not going to happen every other play. But he has to try to manufacture offense in this game. You know, one of the telltale signs of a quarterback that is not seeing things within the context of your offense is when I watched the Dolphins this past week against the Jets, you know what you didn't see? You didn't see those in-breaker throws to Hill and Waddle. Whereas with Tua, you see those 12 times every game, you know, and you didn't see him this week. I I think you saw one, and it might have been the only play in which he actually progression read. Um, But you didn't see any of those throws because he's not seeing it that way. So, you know, they have to do something to manufacture and orchestrate and in, in some ways improvise offense. And you know what? They may do that. And that's the one thing you got to be careful about. You got to be careful that all of a sudden they do a couple of things and it's late in the first quarter and you're losing 10 nothing. Right. You know, and all of a sudden the game takes on a different feel. I mean, Steve, you know how it, those things happen. No matter how much better you are than another team, it's the playoffs. It's a different kind of game. And all of a sudden the game takes on a different feel. Yeah, and that feel has to do with how you play. I mean, you start gripping pretty yeah. bad, and you think, listen, we got to get back into this, or we're going to go, you know, and it starts to affect the way you are going forward rather than just Correct. playing your game. You, you decide you got to do something a little extra or a little different or a little more than you normally would just because you're down early. Yeah, to use a baseball term, you try, you're trying to hit a grand slam home run with no one on base, you know? Right. That's right. How do you feel about – you know, Mike, let's just say this. I mean, there's been some stuff coming around about the Dolphins going forward. Give us your – you've watched all of these games. Yep. Give us your idea of what Mike McDaniels has been as a head coach after year one, regular well, season. My guess is and, – and I think I'm right about this, but my guess is he's – even though he's the head coach, he's the offensive coach and that the defense is coached by uh, Josh Boyer. So – um I think as an offensive coach, he can be really creative um, and also very efficient with basic concepts. I think he has a really good mix of that, of taking basic concepts and kind of being creative in how he gets to them. I mean, don't forget, you know, all those in-breaking routes that they, they hit this year with Hill and Waddle, those are quick rhythm throws. You know, they're not he, he's not reinventing the wheel. It comes off RPO action. It comes off play action. It comes off what Tua can do really well, and obviously he's not playing. Um, you know, and Tua is what his game was, is he was twitchy on his drop and his set with a really compact delivery, and the ball would get out. And what they do is by their use of motion is they would stretch the field horizontally with their use of motion. And then that would create space between the numbers. And because everything then happens so quick, 
the ball could be thrown between the numbers, uh, you know, those short, quick throws. They tried to do those kinds of things with Thompson, but either he didn't see it, recognize it. You know, I, I can't speak to one what's in his head, but those plays didn't happen, you know. So maybe they'll happen with another week of practice because clearly he is practicing this week as the starting quarterback. So you have to be prepared for the fact that Thompson will likely be better. Whatever that means, I don't think anyone can say until we play the game. Looking at the rest of the playoff schedule, Greg, is there one that uh, tickles uh, your fancy more than another? The 4-5 um, is interesting, right? What's that? The 4-5 seed games are always interesting. Yeah, I'm kind of – yeah, the, the Tampa Bay-Dallas uh, game is fascinating to me because I thought that Dak Prescott last week – he played really poorly and he played poorly in an odd kind of way to me. I mean, everybody can say turnovers. Okay. We know that we know you don't want to turn the ball over, but he wasn't seeing things. His vision was so limited. And when you don't see things, you tend to play fast because you know, you don't have time. So it just, he looked like a young quarterback trying to feel his way as opposed to a veteran quarterback who's done this for a long time. Um, So I find that game interesting. And I think, the, that Jaguars Chargers game, um, I guess that's the battle of the of the quarterbacks with the hair. That's the hair game. That's the hair band <laughs> game, you know. Um, but uh, I, I'm really fascinated because I really like watching Herbert play. I, I I just love the fact that he gets the ball out and gets completions, and then at the same time can drive the ball down the field so easily. Um, you know, I mean, t- you know. Th- I think most people probably would say at this point in time, you know, you're dealing with Mahomes, Allen, uh, Herbert and Burrow, you know, not, I'm not giving an order, but I'm saying those four guys are kind of the guys right now. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I really like watching Herbert and, and Lawrence has played well over the last part of the season. And Doug Peterson coming from the Andy Reid school, there's a lot of really well-schemed pass game concepts that define things so nicely for Lawrence and he's executing at a high level. Yeah, and I think that's those the four or five games. While they are, you know, the Chargers are going on the road. Yep. After having won significantly more games than the team that's hosting them in Jacksonville, um, give us your idea about the, the way this might shake out. I mean, that those to me, the Chargers to me are a better football team than the Jaguars. Yeah, the, yeah, the Chargers defense to me is 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 interesting because I think they've gotten better as the years gone on, but they still have moments where they struggle to stop the run. Um, you know, I think they've got a couple of players who really stand out on film that are probably not well known. I think their linebacker Tranquil is a really good football player. Um, you know, and I think he's a big factor in a lot of the things they do. He normally does not come off the field. I think Joseph Day, a D-tackle for them, is a really good player, really good run player. We know about Derwin James. You know, so to me, their defense has to be a factor. They don't have to be a shutdown defense. But, you know, one of the things that they struggled with all of last year and through a good part of the season was the inability to stop the run. Um, and the one thing you cannot allow in this game is ATN to have big explosive runs yeah. uh, because they can pressure the quarterback. That's one thing I believe they will – that they – should be able to do in this game. Greg, thanks as always. Enjoy the games this weekend. A lot to review uh, come Monday for you, I'm sure. Uh, we'll catch uh, yeah. Even I'm though, yeah, forward even, to it, though. Even though there's only six games instead of like 13. It's yeah, well, be, that is true. Weekend. Yeah.
Yeah, that does make it a little better. No question about it. So, all right. Hopefully, but, we're. Uh, th- thanks, guys. All right. Thank we'll catch you. up with you next week. Thanks, Greg. That's Greg Purcell, right. senior producer from NFL Films and co host of the ESPN NFL Matchup Show. We will take a break here, but when we come back, we crack open the OBL Fan Friday Mailbag. Your Bills and NFL questions answered here next on One Bills Live, presented by Collider Health. This is Buffalo Bills Radio. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 